0: No matter how many times you try, no matter how long you wait, I'll always be in your way, backed up by the best of humanity. Now, final, final, final warning, because I'm nice. I really do try my best. Stop this signal. Get off this planet.
1: So, Adam, we thought that we were going to get through a whole season of Doctor Who Without Daleks. Yeah. I mean we we technically made
0: it a whole year without without Daleks. Um but not a whole season.
1: Depending yeah. on
0: how you look at it, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, I guess because the Christmas or the man, I'm still calling it Christmas special. The New Year's special. The Who Years. The Who Years special technically is not part of the season. So they were kind of misleading us with the no classic monsters,
0: which isn't entirely new for this series. I feel like there were a couple things that I based on quotes and stuff, and maybe those quotes were out of context. I don't know, but I feel like I was misled on a couple things. things. Um, one of those being no classic uh, monsters slash villains, and we definitely didn't get it, I guess, during the series. With the special we did, um, it's separate from the series. I have to buy it as a separate episode on iTunes. It's not included in my Series past, so maybe maybe they got away with it.
1: Yeah, I had to buy it too. Normally, I don't. I watch the episodes either live or just on demand through my cable provider, um, or I, I watch them on the BBC America website. Okay, but I went to rewatch the episode on BBC America, and they had already taken it down.
0: That, that's surprising that they've already taken it down.
1: Either they had taken it down or they were having issues with their video player. Okay. But it did like when I went to watch it, it said it didn't have the option to watch the full episode. It said watch full recap. Oh wow. And I was like, no, I don't need a recap. I need to rewatch this whole thing. Yeah. So I ended up having to go on iTunes and purchasing it, which has been a while since I've had to go onto iTunes and purchase a doctor who episode. Um, but it was like five bucks. For just the one episode, which is pretty high considering it's only 60 minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's five bucks for the episode. They do give you quite a bit of other things. Though I got to say, like, they had the countdown to New Year's. I'm not going to watch that all that often. I'm not going to watch them count down from from 10 to zero. Um, although you do get Graham, um, Bradley Walsh, singing at the end of it. And I have to say, he's got one of those, like... Really cool voices that you could just listen to. Someone that you'd probably run across in a pub singing Old Angzine. It was pretty cool. But they do have some extra things tossed in there, but probably a little bit higher than what $5 um, probably
1: should have gotten us. So you're saying Graham singing wasn't worth the price of admission? I don't know. I, Maybe
0: you know you know that one, uh, the the one scene from the extended edition of Lord of the Rings where, and now it slips in my mind whether it was Mary or Pippin, but they're singing and the guy's like shoving his face with tomatoes. It's that type of song, or that's the type of voice that Bradley Walsh has, where that's it's just Pippin. like you sit there. Pippin that does singing. that, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, you kind of sit there mesmerized for a little bit.
1: Yeah, you're mesmerized by the. By the singing of Pippin, but also the disgusting like tomato juice that's dribbling down the chin of <laughs> of the the Lord or whatever, I don't forget what his his title the was. Steward of Gondor. Steward, that's right, the steward of Gondor. So
0: the custodian of Gondor.
1: Hey, it's not often we slip into Lord of the Rings talk on our podcast. Every once in a while Star Wars, but not Lord of the Rings. Man, we, we Where have man, we gone?
0: I know. We're we're way off course right now. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, so Daleks were there in the episode, which I was a little disappointed that they kind of spoiled it ahead of time. Like, I know there were were rumors the Daleks were coming back, but then they they did an official little teaser trailer where at the end of the trailer you hear a Dalek speak.
0: Yeah, they kept things very tight-lipped this entire series, but this is one of those things that um, I was spoiled with going into it. It's one of those...
1: it's one of those situations where I think they they wanted to sell it, right? Yeah, yep. you know they didn't they didn't want a chance people skipping it, so they were like, "Well, let's let people know that Daleks are going to be in it," even though that would have been a really cool kind of surprise reveal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially the way that kind of the episode starts out in the form that the uh, Dalek is in. I have to say that that worked out really well in my opinion um it would have been really cool to be surprised at the evolution because I think I would have at least initially been very um I would have still had doubts um even after initially seeing it in the first part of the episode um as to what it really was but yeah it it would have been nice if it would have if it would have been kept a secret a little bit more
1: yeah I agree I would have even though I may maybe if I, I Seeing the form that it was in might have given me some suspicions, or even right. kind of the way the episode was introed. Um, but I don't think I would have just jumped to the conclusion that it was a Dalek, unless they had already, you know, kind of teased and hinted at that previous to the episode. Um, but yeah, so let's just jump right into the the review. Awesome, let's do it. So this is episode title Resolution, fitting title. Uh, this is the official New Year's special, and um, let's see, Chris Chibnall, of course, wrote this one, and this was directed by Wayne Yip, and uh, they gave us a 60-minute episode, a full hour, so a little bit longer than than the other episodes have been. Is it, or is it about the same?
0: Uh, it's a hair longer.
1: I think yeah, the other episodes have kind of been like between 50 and yeah i was gonna say i think we're only like five to ten minutes longer um at this point okay but yeah so this episode um you know we had a bit of a wait between the end of the season and this and then obviously we have a much bigger weight coming but um i will say that's kind of right off the top it didn't feel like sometimes the the specials feel different it's almost like the the production value is a little bit better um, you know, maybe they'll get out, go out and get like, um, a, a kind of a bigger star to be in it. Uh, this one just felt like another episode.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with you. It is one of those ones that, um, it doesn't have that, that, that feel to it. It's not the, I mean, my goodness, there's, there's so many of the Christmas specials that I go back in my mind and maybe it's just the um context in which it happens and like i'm waiting for that christmas special and then has that it has the music it has the look it has the feel to it this one didn't necessarily have that and it kind of was what the uh what mitch and lynn experienced with the whole like new year's day hangover where it's like this is just any other day but with more drunk people
1: (laughs) yeah i think it kind of just felt like episode 12 yeah. Of the season as opposed to being a standalone special. Other, I mean, they did start it out where, well, not started out, but early on in the episode, we get the Doctor and the TARDIS and talking about having gone to a number of different New Year's celebrations and watched the fireworks, and they're all kind of pointing out their favorites. So that, that gave you the feel of the holiday. But beyond that, like, kind of short conversation, um, everything else felt very much just like, oh, this is just another episode of Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. Maybe this entire season has been more of a special, um, and so comparing it with the rest of the season, it's just kind of on par with that. But it did seem to miss a certain kind of uh, sparkle that the the normal specials tend to have.
1: I did like the intro, the opening. Um, it had a very epic feel to it. They're kind of describing this battle, and even the voice. Of whoever voices that part <laughs> did a really good voiceover. Yeah. Um so I kinda I liked it starting out with this epic feel and it even kinda reminded me of the last episode, the one that we said we would not remember the title because it's hard to say. The Battle, <laughs> battle of,
0: of Ransap and the spotlight yeah.
1: <laughs> so um yeah, so I like the epicness of the of the beginning of the episode.
0: Yeah, it was set up really well. I do have one thing, and it's just, I don't know. I struggle with, like, latching onto one thing and being like, how the heck did that work out? Um, Like, where did these three people army groups come from? Like, they're all enemies, and then they they come together. Like, where did these three groups come from? And then one of them goes to the South Pacific, and one goes to Siberia, and, like, one can't even travel to Yorkshire (laughs) without getting –
1: Shot by shot an, arrow? With
0: an arrow. It's like, come on. The other two travel halfway around the world, and that guy can't even ride down the road on a horse.
1: Um, <laughs> it, well, it was, I mean, it was to be pretty... fair, he got ambushed, you know, this he didn't <laughs> well, see that arrow coming,
0: but it's like, the, I mean, it was a pretty epic shot. It was <laughs> like a 100 a yard shot on a non uh non. It wasn't a quality bow, I'll just put it that way. But no, it was set up pretty epically. I mean, you got the the three standing around the burning pyre, and uh, all the all the other um, shots that they took of people running and swords and axes, and it was set up really cool.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. And if if the thing that you're gonna nitpick about is the three of these these people and going to the places they went, there's a lot more we can pull out of this episode. <laughs>
0: I just want to know, like the the one guy sailed all the way from the to the South Pacific from the UK. Like, how long does it take you to get to the South Pacific from the UK? Did he go by land first? Did he just get into a boat and go around Africa? Like, South I think Pacific, maybe he just jumped into away. a
1: boat and wherever it led him, because I'm pretty sure those islands hadn't been discovered by the the larger world yet. Huh. Uh, but yeah, I kind of thought, I didn't think about it that much on my first watch, but on the rewatch, it, I did kind of think, wow, that, especially the, the guy that went to the, the Pacific Island, I was like, that's quite a journey. And his boat looked really small.
0: Yeah. He he made it work. And then somehow he found other people to to help him out.
1: But I guess the intent, you know, is they're trying to separate these three parts, um, you know, as far apart as they can. So they would never have a chance to come back together.
0: Yeah. I mean, the way that it was set up uh, again, like not knowing at all what they're talking about in that moment, it was really cool to have that idea of, um, separating the parts just to give it some form of finality, not knowing, I mean, again, they're dealing with something that they don't know what it is. If you bury it in the ground, is something going to happen? Well, take basically the scorch earth earth policy. I guess that probably would have been the better idea, burning it. it. Uh, But they decided (laughs) to chop it into little bits or three pieces and then separate it.
1: Yeah. I think like, yeah, when you do think about kind of the idea of let's make sure this thing can never come back, it does feel like there's like other options, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe not three pieces, maybe, you know, cut it into a hundred pieces, yeah. you know, put it through Those a meat grinder. <laughs> there's
0: only so many islands you can ride your boat to.
1: Yeah. It was, It's almost like a ceremonial, Yeah, know, we need to bury these and then we're going to set up these little shrines next to it so we can guard them. It's very, it is very medieval, which yeah. kind of fits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think burning it might have been the thing to do.
0: Yeah, I'm just yeah. glad they didn't eat it. That would have been awkward.
1: <laughs> At first, I wasn't sure if it was like they just defeated an army of Daleks, or literally it was just the one guy. But I'm, I guess it was just the one guy. The recon yeah. Dalek came there, and it took three armies to defeat him.
0: Which I'm honestly I'm surprised, uh, impressed that three medieval armies could even do that. Um, but maybe that's a conversation
1: for later on. Well, I don't know. Lynn did a pretty good job just slamming her back into stuff, <laughs> yeah, but it, it didn't, it didn't take him out. It didn't yeah, do nothing. It just they, dislodged him blew up
0: a, a freaking tank at
1: the end. Like, Oh yeah. Let's talk about that later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you had mentioned the guy getting shot by the arrow. That's the, that's the guy that they are you know discovering the body of in the basement of Sheffield Town Hall of all places. Yeah. Um, and we get to meet Mitch, the most unlikely couple.
0: The most unlikely couple Mitch and I got to say Lynn. like both of them have a special place in my heart after watching this episode. Really? They really do. They do. Okay. Mitch is like the most naive um individual I think that we've had on Doctor Who in some time. Just the he has like this childlike approach to life. At least that's the sense I get. And Lynn is like hardcore. She is is crazy.
1: I felt like Mitch was like a, like, he was like Rory except not cool. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't buy into him. I couldn't buy into the even, I felt like there was no chemistry between the characters. And so when it starts to become obvious that they're like, oh, are we going to talk about it? I'm like, no, not these two. Like, she does, Like, she's way too, like, competent and cool to be into this guy.
0: Was it Was it just, like, a Happy New Year mate's kiss?
1: <laughs> like, Did that, it feel like it?
0: <laughs> that whole exchange, it was just, it was like, aw, they're in, like, elementary school. Oh, this See, I was great. in
1: awe. I was, like, cringing the whole time. Like, oh, this <laughs> is so bad. This is so awkward. Uh, Come on, it was, bitch. It was funny. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't loving Mitch. He kind of <laughs> never I didn't get on board with that guy. She was pretty cool. Lynn was pretty cool, but um, of course she was controlled by a Dalek most of the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's that's creepy. So the thing that I started to wonder about is just Daleks, like the powers of a Dalek. I and maybe I'm wrong, but I think they introduced us some some pretty new abilities that Daleks have that we were not aware of
0: yeah no I I think you're right and I think um I think that's been acknowledged from quite a few different people that um have watched the episode I think it's even they tried to draw that distinction in the episode itself by saying it was a recon Dalek and that they have certain abilities that normal Daleks don't have um I think that is the way that they explain some of the things that happened in the episode, where it's like, "Whoa, wait, what a sec! What what just happened? It just overrode the Sonic. It just blasted the the TARDIS, and now we have to reboot the TARDIS." Like, it seemed a little bit OP at times, and I think that's due to it being a quote unquote recon Dalek.
1: Yeah, I think that that definitely helps that they differentiated that oh, this is not just your your everyday Dalek. This is a recon Dalek. So it's got some special powers and most of the things that it did. Oh, I'm, I can buy into the thing that I thought was a little, uh, convenient was the fact that, well, number one Daleks apparently don't decompose. Yeah. Which I do think that that was kind of established because didn't they have that, that episode where they went down into kind of this Dalek, um, like catacombs kind of situation where there was all these like Daleks that were just still, they were like dying, but they were still like kind of just slithering around. Do you remember that? Oh, I feel like that, that was like a Capaldi episode
0: on the Capaldi episode. They, the, it was his Christmas special. They go to the city and like the Daleks are just running around everywhere. And there's the crazy Dalek
1: in the tower that's shooting everybody. Hmm. Um, I need to rewatch that one. <laughs> I forget <laughs> I'm forgetting this stuff, but I thought they had kind of established that Daleks don't necessarily you know they don't die Decompose. very easily and so but the thought that across you know multiple centuries, hundreds of years, I guess not thousands but hundreds, yeah, um that these Dalek these three parts it's not like they put them into preservation bags or anything i mean they this they were just wrapped up in burlap. Yeah, they built a city on top of this one and they just and somehow they they didn't decompose. But the other thing that's a little bit harder to to wrap my head around is the fact that um they can just these three different body parts can just teleport to each other. Yeah,
0: that's that's an interesting one, especially when it's like they are chopped up, they've been separated for how long and then it's uh black infrared light. ultraviolet ultraviolet it It just brings the dalek back to life and then it's like oh my body parts
1: are spread all around let me just bring them back together um yeah that one is there was a lot of convenient things like that they they introduced where it kind of made me think you introduced the idea of splitting the dalek in three parts and having it buried across the world which is your concept you came up with that and then you had to come up with a different concept to fix your own concept. <laughs> you know, it's yep. like, oh well, crap. They're all f- like, how do we get them back together? Oh, Daleks can teleport now. Yeah, know, all dead <laughs> yeah, all within five minutes. like the it was
0: the the story was created, and then five minutes later, it has to be resolved very quickly to then move on with the rest of the, rest of the story. Like,
1: why not just have the Dalek buried? You know, they kill it, they bury it somewhere, and then ultraviolet light like, raises it from the dead. You know the yeah. thre- the separation and all that is. It just seemed like a little bit too much that they had to explain away, whereas they didn't necessarily have to do that. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah. I I mean, if it wasn't, I think I, I, again, if it wasn't set up that this was a Dalek from the very beginning, mm-hmm. that would have been one of those. I don't know. I think that even would have been easier to pallet until the end of the episode but it is one of those things that you know what we're dealing with and so like almost immediately i started questioning like oh they can do that oh why is this happening oh that's that's
1: new um
0: but and yeah there's that, at that, least that...
1: one other ability that they have that <clears throat> we can talk about later but um i will like to point out i do like to point out that graham like because the doctor got a really cool scarf but graham had a pretty cool scarf yeah, like I know. Sometimes we like to talk about fashion, but he was <laughs> spiffy, man. He had a nice outfit on. He had a scarf. Like he he dressed up for the occasion.
0: There, like Graham, I I have to say, like Graham is one of the bigger bigger surprises of this series. I definitely did not think I was going to enjoy him as much as I did. And not only was he dressed to the T this episode, but he again like. Steps up, says some things, um, makes some funny comments. He's he's solid. I like Graham.
1: Yeah, Graham's a good character. He may be starting to become, if not already, my favorite of the new of the three new friends. Maybe. Yeah. I I I think early on it was kind of Yaz, but now I'm starting to lean toward Graham.
0: Yeah, I I would say that Graham is probably the front runner. Just just some of the things that he says. He's having to go for the peanut, uh, the, dropping the TARDIS on his chair, like yeah. <laughs> just, I, just just those things.
1: I like when when they leave him. Yes, like, they left me, and then later on, he's like, "You better come get me." <laughs> like he's on the phone. Right.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. He's the only one that like he he talks sense most of the time, but he's also like reflective and he's also very uh consoling he's he's a very well-rounded character
1: yeah yeah and um and w- well let's wait on. i was going to talk about uh the surprise appearance of ryan's father but we can let's wait on that one so the let's see here yeah i thought it was humorous that when the the tardis appears in the basement and And Mitch actually sees it, like Mitch sees it appearing and he's like, what, what's going on? And then the doctor steps out and just starts talking to him and he just, he just starts telling her everything. (laughs) It's like, like she's in charge. He just starts spilling all of the information. I thought that was kind of funny that he didn't kind of at least question a little bit, like, wait, hold on. Like, I just watched your, you appear in a box that wasn't there before. And what authority do you have? And that's
0: that's where I think, like, Mitch is just one of the most naive characters we've had in a long time. Like, the TARDIS appears as he's watching it, doesn't ask a question, and immediately answers questions. He's on the phone with someone. The TARDIS lands. Yaz pops out. And he's on the phone with Yaz. And he's like, wait, I was just talking with you on the phone. <laughs> it's like... No crap, Mitch. But a big box just appeared in front of you. The fact that you were talking to her is probably not the most important thing right now. Walks into the TARDIS and like he's just like, oh, this is a pretty big deal. Like he's he's very easygoing compared to uh, what you would expect with everything that's going on around him. But yeah, the TARDIS shows up in the basement and he kind of just rolls with it and explains what just happened and um, yeah, and then things kind of progress from there.
1: Yeah. He's he's just clueless. He's a kind of like a clueless kind of guy, and um, even like in these social situations, like <laughs> after they go through all this stuff, and they and there's this alien creature that's missing. Like he's like, so do you want to go for that beer now?
0: <laughs> Probably not a good like, idea, Mitch.
1: Uh, maybe we can wait on that. And then like she's in her car, and he and it hasn't even been like five minutes, and he's already <laughs> texting her, thinking about you. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> Mitch, calm
0: down. <laughs> been one it's been one day dude one day in your relationship
1: yeah he's he's a little over eager
0: <laughs> uh mitch is mitch is me i just have to admit it just no just
1: straight up. Just
0: you're, straight you're up. cooler than mitch oh Give you yourself some you credit that. you <laughs> think that tardis shows up in my basement right now i will i will spill the beans on whatever they
1: ask <laughs> all right um so yeah, so we get this the uh, the Dalek we all know is, is a Dalek is has escaped. They don't know where it's at. But um, one of the more terrifying things about this episode is we do we quickly find out that the Dalek has attached itself to Lynn. Oh, absolutely! Through that, it, like drilling into the back of her neck.
0: Yeah, from the moment that it was seen on the wall, um, it looked. I don't know. I I just don't like the look of it and not in like a bad way in that it's horribly designed. It just – it looked disgusting. It looked terrifying. And then to find out that it had crawled up the back of her coat and attached itself to the back of her neck and that whole scene of her in the bathroom and she's like shaking and it's it's drilled into the back of her neck and she's trying to – and it's controlling her and it's her pilot now that's – That is probably the more one of the more frightening things that we've seen in Doctor Who in a while,
1: and it is it. I I would put this. I'd list this as another new skill or ability that these Daleks have. You know, the ability to kind of leech onto somebody and control them. This is new. I would say that that this is one of the ones that
0: actually makes sense to me, though. Like for for a recon Dalek it seems like a pretty important skill to have that like you are able to take possession of anything on any planet that you, you land on and that's how you're going to get around. Um, Outside of that, they seem to be pretty
1: limited. And Daleks like historically for me as a viewer, I've, I've always felt like Daleks were more humorous and not very threatening. Although, I mean that laser they, they shoot and just kill people instantly, you know, that can be threatening, but even that looks a little comical. like, lights you up and turns you into a skeleton right before you fall <laughs> to the ground. Yes. So I, I've i always been kind of like, eh, Daleks, they're not that scary. But when a Dalek's outside of its shell and attaches to somebody and takes them over, that's kind of – that's almost more scary than the whole metal shell thing. I think they oh, need absolutely. to utilize that a little bit more.
0: And I think that's like my – one of my biggest knocks against this episode is – it started out in my opinion like so well the dalek was yes it was a dalek but it was super well established as being like it was frightening it it was a threat it was scary what it was doing to lynn how it moved and how it possessed and all of that and kind of even the abilities that it gave lynn um to total disregard for human life on all on all levels um but then once it was put in the shell. It was just like all of a sudden not so much of an issue anymore. It was like, oh, okay, it's, it's a Dalek. Like that's, that's pretty much where we are right now. And then from that point forward, it seemed very run-of-the-mill Dalek for me. It was only when it was outside of its shell that it was like, oh,
1: wow, this is new. And this is actually really interesting. Right. And we had talked about how Tim Shaw you know he kind of just like mindlessly killed all these innocent people that we felt bad for um, this this doc did the same thing like completely innocent police officers security guard uh, the guy that worked at the warehouse all those <laughs> yeah. soldiers like there's a lot of there was a bit of a body count this episode oh yeah
0: there was there was a body count
1: and it was like nice like some of the people were kind of like okay whatever like soldiers Um, you know, they kind of, they're prepared, you know, to give their life. Um, the guy at the warehouse was kind of a jerk. (laughs) So you're like, okay, whatever. But you know, the, 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 innocent police officer and then his partner, you know, walks over trying to help him. And then she ends up dying too. Um, and then the poor guy at the, at the, um, whatever weapons research center. Did you know his name was
0: farmer Dinkle? Farm, that's the actor's name no that's the name of the character the actor's name is james lewis but the farmer's name is farmer dinkle why are they what uh, yeah i know i yeah i was reading through the uh, transcript of the episode it's like who is dinkle why who is talking here and then it's like oh that's the that's the guy at the uh, scrapyard
1: oh the guy at the scrapyard not the guy at the uh, weapons research center
0: no okay no so so the jerk the jerk's
1: not dinkle okay so you're saying um his name was dinkle but he was a farmer and that's why they called him farmer dinkle yeah okay i thought his name like me like farmer was his first name no sorry
0: for the confusion
1: no (laughs) because i was gonna say oh there was somebody named farmer in this episode (laughs) and there's somebody (laughs) named aaron in this episode maybe maybe chibnall's giving us a shout out he's he's, he's watching he's listening to our episode yeah he's like all right shout out to aaron and farmer there you go, Farmer Dinkle.
0: Farmer Dinkle. Hey, it still might be like that's such an unusual name. Maybe, maybe it really is a shout out.
1: We we hear you, CC. Right. Uh. So, so speaking of Aaron, um, this was an unexpected appearance for me. This was something that surprised me. I wasn't sure. We have talked about the Ryan's family, and we know his mother has died. Um. But we had kind of said, "Hey, where is, are we ever going to see his dad? Like, is dad ever going to come into the picture?" And we did. His dad shows up, just kind of out of the blue, shows up at the door, and wants yeah. to go get coffee with him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, new year, new you. Um, right. It's he's he's turning over a new leaf. I have to say, like his dad, the way that they portrayed his dad, definitely not what I expected. Um, his, for some reason, like I was expecting um, a not very well put together individual to be the father that ran off. Um, and outside of, yes, the issues and the relational stuff, it seemed like Aaron, Ryan's dad, was kind of put together. He, he knew what was going on for the most part. Um, worked on an oil rig previously. Now he's selling some crazy, awesome microwave slash oven and he's an engineer. Um, so yeah, it it was, it was an interesting character. It was surprising though. It definitely
1: was surprising to have him show up. Yeah. He didn't fit the kind of expectation of like a deadbeat dad. Yeah. Um, which yeah, it's interesting because you want to, you almost, you want to not like him because he abandoned Ryan and i mean from the from the sounds of like the way that they've talked about it with from ryan's perspective it's not like oh he just he's been missing for a year like he's been gone since his mom died
0: right, right.
1: like he just hasn't been a part of his life and and his grandma kind of raised him so that's kind of like that's a hard thing to forgive um i had a hard time kind of reconciling it like, as I'm looking at this guy saying, hey, like you said, like, he seems pretty well put together. He, You know, he doesn't seem like he's that. He doesn't seem like he's mean. He doesn't seem like a jerk. He's he's kind of remorseful. Like, wh- where have you been? Like, it's yeah. hard to reconcile. And no, he tries to reconcile. Like, they have the whole conversation in the diner where he's kind of given his explanation. But it, I wasn't buying it. I was just like, man, you no, that's not a good enough answer. I mean,
0: absolutely. And that's the, that's the thing. Like in that moment in the diner, things weren't jiving for me where it was like, I don't understand who this character is, but the responses that he's giving, it's like, okay, I, I understand that. Um, even, even the point where he's like, what do you want me to say? And I will say it. Um, that can be taken in so many different ways in a situation like that. Um, but yeah, just that that whole exchange between him and Ryan. Um, I'm curious to see if this is just like a a one and done type thing, where it's like, okay, we have we now have the introduction, where the episode ends. Um, it seems like things are in a good place. Is this character done, or is is Aaron now going to show up um, moving forward? But it is he he was such an interesting character, um, and those exchanges. Uh, not only between Ryan and Aaron but even the the part where um, Graham tells Aaron to be to be gentle essentially um, because Ryan has been through a lot and it, it's family isn't blood family is what you do um, there were some good lines just related to Ryan and his dad and what Graham is what how Graham has stepped in and even
1: the relationship
0: between Ryan and Graham
1: and Graham handled the situation Really well, I think I almost expected there to be a little bit more animosity. And other than the fact that Graham kind of closed the door on his face in the beginning, but even the way he did that was more just like, I don't want to deal with this right now. It was surprising that he wasn't a little bit more like upset with him. And then he was just really kind to him the whole time. Which I mean, it's it's Graham, I guess it's in his character. Yeah, even even pulling out the box of all the
0: stuff and the way that that conversation goes like Graham could have said so much. um, But the progression that we've seen of, of Graham over the series and how he's processed Grace's death, it seems like that is what makes sense um, when it comes to the Graham that we saw in this episode, sitting down and basically saying like your mom said, If anybody ever asked about me, tell her that I had a good life. Tell 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 them that I I raised someone um, that I'm proud of. Like those are things that are really powerful, powerfully said in that moment. Considering who's saying it and who
1: it's being said to. I will say that I felt like they spent a little bit too much time on it, um, with Aaron and and Ryan and Graham and I, I don't know if I needed that much time to kind of figure out that relationship. And we've, we've talked before about one of the criticisms of this series of doctor, who is the doctor isn't getting as much screen time as some of the other characters. <laughs> I think this is a perfect example of that. Like this became very much about Ryan and his dad um, almost more than it was a doctor story. And I don't know, like, some people probably like that. Some people probably think, oh, that's cool that they're, you know, they're focusing on the, the other characters and it's not, it shouldn't always be about the doctor, but I kind of want it to be more about the doctor. And I I felt like, you know, this is another one that'd be interesting to know screen time. Like we don't have the data or the statistics, but I almost feel like, uh, Aaron had as much screen time as the doctor and he's not even a main companion.
0: Yeah. The only, the only thing I can do, or the only way I can justify it in my mind is that all the time spent investing in Aaron in this episode and kind of the relational bits between Graham and Ryan and Aaron is to prepare us or or to add weight to the emotional impact of the end. Um, like, yes, they could have made, they could have rewritten the entire episode to just get rid of that aspect of it. But when we get to the end and we, we see the proposition of Aaron flying out the door, um, that wouldn't have as much weight and emotional
1: pull if we didn't get all of the setup leading up to that. Right. They wanted us to care about the character. So then the drama. Yeah. And heightened. they spent
0: a lot of time yeah. trying to make us care about the character,
1: which maybe introduce them earlier in the season <laughs> and then just bring him back. And then we already care about him. Yeah, um, yeah. I do think you would kind of, you you would kind of said, you wonder if, if this will be a one and done or a recurring role I think we'll we will definitely see this this guy again. Yeah? Yeah, I think I think if they weren't going to bring if they weren't going to have him come back, then there would have been an opportunity at the end of this episode to just let him die, which um w- w- it definitely could have added some interesting dynamics to the characters and um, to have the doctor kind of make a mistake that causes the death of Ryan's father could have really, I don't know, from, I think it would have made things really interesting.
0: Oh, it would have been, it would have been an incredible story element. I was sitting on my couch watching that unfold thinking it's, it's going to happen. They're going to do it. But then on the flip side being like, no, they can't let this happen. Like what does that mean for the show moving forward? It would have been an incredible story element, especially with, um, with what happened in the last episode of the series with the fail, not the failures, but the uh, choices that the doctor made coming back to bite her. Um, And then with the, the, the mistake made that allowed the Dalek to latch onto Aaron and almost kill him. Like that, mis- and even going to the Nova, like the Supernova, like that was probably a mistake as well. Um, but allowing those mistakes to actually have weight um, would have been
1: incredible. Uh, Could you imagine I- if the season ended or like that? That's the last thing we get for another, and we have a whole year to wait. Oh my goodness. Where like Ryan's dad goes flying into a Supernova with a Dalek and. Ryan's just like completely distraught and the doctor made a mistake and you're just kind of like, oh man, yeah that would be I mean just I think like I like stuff that's that ends happily, but this isn't the end of this show. This show's gonna go on so I think that would be a nice cool cliffhanger to kind of see, oh man, how is that gonna how is that gonna mess with their relationship how are, is is Ryan gonna stay? Is he gonna trust the doctor ever again? Is the doctor gonna? act different because she made this huge mistake like oh man it could have added so much drama
0: yeah i i'm right there with
1: you i was rooting for the man to die and i felt bad about (laughs) it but i was kind of like just let him you know like he's gonna be holding ryan's hand and then it's gonna slip away and i'm just like oh man this is gonna be heart-wrenching and then there there was a
0: moment i thought ryan was gonna go out the door with him like (laughs) it, it there's so much could have happened in that moment that would have added
1: or that would have what, such an interesting twist on things moving forward right um yeah convenient that he was a microwave salesman <laughs> and that he was carrying that box around with him <laughs>
0: that, that had like an, an awesome ability to uh Go to high voltage. What was what was going on there? I'm I'm still I'm still confused by exactly how the microwave came into play, other than it had all the parts they needed to superheat the Dalek metal.
1: Honestly, I don't think that there's any way to explain that um, a a home appliance parts from a home appliance can melt uh, a Dalek's shell, especially as indestructible (laughs) as they're supposed to be. Uh, That was a little that one was a little like. Okay. Like he happened to have this thing with him that he's carrying around everywhere. Then Ryan for whatever reason brought it onto the TARDIS. Why in the world would he bring it onto the TARDIS? <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna set this over here just in case we need it later. Oh we need it. You know, like so that was a, another little convenient uh plot point that they, they dropped in there. A little yeah. too many convenient things, I thought, in this episode. Well I'm I mean even the whole idea of like
0: superheating the Dalek metal. I wanna know how the initial three armies like they built they built a bonfire and like somehow got the Dalek to stay in one place long enough to to melt it out of its shell um like how did how did that work
1: <laughs> I don't know I do not know um but yeah, so that was i did i want I kind of wanted to point out that as an as another uh convenient plot point that they introduced convenient loophole um but we did get a – we got a nice call out or shout out to Kate Stewart. Oh, I absolutely loved that part. I loved the whole phoning of you or what was supposed to be unit. That was the best – as far as humor goes, that was the best part of the episode. The, the woman that answers the phone and kind of the back and forth <laughs> between her and the doctor. Um, that was just classic. That was my favorite part uh, as far as humor.
0: Yeah, I – I secretly wanted like something to pan out from that though. Like have Kate Stewart still like show up in some way, shape or form. But that was such a solid part of, I mean, I've, I've wondered like, why, why don't they just, where is unit in all of this? Well, now we have some explanation for that. And just the exchange that took place and the, um, the financial disputes and the funding withdrawal that caused the closing of unit. It wasn't anything catastrophic. It was uh, budgetary issues,
1: right? And then, um, I mean, th- that that would have been a cool connection if they had a cameo appearance by Kate Stewart if she did show up in some way. And it would be an, it would have it would have been a nice connection because she, I believe, she showed up for the first time with uh, Smith. Yeah. So you would have Smith, and then she showed up with Capaldi, and then another. So this would be the first kind of appearance of a character that originated with a different doctor yeah which would have been it would have been a kind of a cool thing to drop into to make this feel a little bit more special yeah it, it would have, it would have been fun but we got the name drop so we did
0: get the name drop Uh um, we got the uh the wi-fi gag the, the wi-fi the the internet's going down across all of the uk
1: oh yeah that that fell really flat for me that whole that whole scene where they're like the lead up to it where he's like, On on New Year's Eve? I think that like, monster. Part, and then it cuts to the family where they're like, What do we do now? Talk to that,
0: each other? Part of me wonders if that was like how flat that was played. Like I can't help but think that it was intentional. <laughs> like are they couldn't have thought that was supposed to be actually humorous, but more just like a cheesy Look what happened.
1: Um, It's that classic like, deadpan British humor that I think sometimes goes over our American heads. I I enjoyed it. I got a good chuckle out of it just because of
0: how cheesy and ridiculous it was. It was like this is a New Year's Day special of a TV show that I spent $5 on, and
1: there's honestly a Wi-Fi sit-and-talk-to-each-other joke. This is great. I almost wondered like if some of the actors involved in that scene were supposed to be notable, or like, is am I supposed to know who this woman is? Like, (laughs) it was such a setup that I could imagine like maybe in the UK, some of these are maybe that is a notable actress, and she just and everyone's like, oh, look who it is! Like they got her to appear in this episode, Uh, and then we were just like, "Uh, okay. No,
0: I'm I'm pretty sure that these might just be like, randoms families that they pulled into the studio for the day like i don't think there is any
1: credits for these people anywhere else (laughs) yeah i had forgotten about that scene but that was kind of interesting um (laughs) well i think the other big thing kind of kind of as we're getting closer to the end here is the the creation of the shell or the the tank of the dalek the outer shell and they, this is definitely a recurring theme in this series of Doctor Who where people would just create stuff like really fast. And the like, I don't know on Scarrow if they have like a really good shop class, but <laughs> how in the world did this in a matter of, I mean, they didn't have that much time in a matter of, you know, less than an hour, not even himself, like, but he's controlling someone else to create from scraps. Yeah. An entire fully functional Dalek shell that includes rocket boosters and missiles. So they yeah. just had missiles laying around this warehouse? Well, I they she did
0: recover some things from the uh from the warehouse. Just the so gun. She, I I think there were a couple more crates that she carried out.
1: Okay. Okay. I, I, well I don't think I, maybe I missed just that detail. So maybe the the other explosives at least were from but there,
0: but I think I think it's still I think that's still valid to think that they constructed the rest of it, um, in that amount of time. Uh, wh- one thing I read was like it's a bookend. The series starts with the Doctor creating a Sonic right. out, of, out of Sheffield steel, and
1: then we are again in Sheffield, and they made a Dalek out of Sheffield steel. Um, and I can appreciate that, like if it's a callback, and they're like, hey, look, you know, she did the Sonic, and now Daleks creating a shell and it was very, there were very similarities that you definitely could see, but just the whole idea of it, you know, this, this girl is like literally shaping metal with like, she's heating up metal and shaping it with like a sledgehammer.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things, a fast process. No. And she's controlled by a Dalek, but that doesn't like give your frame superhuman abilities that she's, she's a, blacksmith with her ability to wield that hammer goodness uh
1: yeah but they they, they did say she was tired
0: um, after <laughs> it was done. she was slightly tired and she would have been dead if the uh, dalek wouldn't have sealed up her wounds oh my goodness that's disgusting Oof. yeah this the, d- the, the slime I, plug i don't <laughs> I, I if i was mitch i'd be like
1: oh well i'll talk to you three months from now like <laughs> i don't let me know when that hole in the back of your neck heals oh
0: yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, could you imagine putting your arm around her and like feeling a and massive just, hole?
1: Or, and you would think because the doctor said that whatever the, the Dalek secreted was what yeah, was the plugging s- the hole. Slime and so stuff? there's going to be a matter of time that they got to leave that slime there, too. It's not like oh. you can just clean that thing up. So,
0: oh, and that's the, uh, uh, and just like it, the Dalek was slimy and
1: all over her and stuff. That's just wrong. So, yeah, so the Dalek, uh, the miracle Dalek, I will call it, (laughs) um, does finally face the Doctor and, you know, reveals its true self. And the Doctor reveals her true self because up to this point, the Dalek does not realize that it is facing the Doctor from Gallifrey. Which I was kind of wondering if this was going to be like a clever origin story for the Daleks because they kind of make a made a big deal out of the shell being created and so I was like oh maybe this is like the first like originally daleks and now this is this is upon a first watch and I didn't pay attention to a lot of details that would have tipped me off that this wasn't the case but up in, in the first time I watched it I was just like oh is this like the origin of the daleks like they first you know were just these little squid like creatures and then because of this situation they had to create this shell that then they perfected later on. So, like, this is the first Dalek shell. <laughs> so, no, nope, not the first one. Nope, but I was quickly proven wrong.
0: Just made out of
1: Because then that could explain why they used plungers, because, like, maybe there was just happened to be a plunger laying around. <laughs> and, and so then that, that would <laughs> nice. explain that weird thing. Nice. No. No. doesn't hold up. Definitely doesn't hold up upon a rewatch because I was like, no, they they actually had images of it with its shell, and all of that early on. So, yeah, it's
0: they 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 they've they've been around, and this one, I mean, overrode the Sonic, flew off.
1: It it could fly, um, mm-hmm. which, which I guess we're gonna I'm gonna mark that up classic to, ones. I'm gonna mark that up too. Like you said, she had pulled some more stuff out of that building than just the laser. Yeah. So that must have been there. Must have been parts of the Dalek shell that were recovered
0: from somewhere.
1: Because even the fact that the Dalek had all the little ball things all around it. Yeah, that was like, why would you take the time to fashion those? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you don't have that much time. You're not fashioning these things uh, just for the look.
0: Daleks don't only care about the functional, they also care about the aesthetic. It the needs aesthetics. to cer- hit a certain standard, right? Yes. I mean, he was calling his fleet, he had to look on fleek when the fleet arrived. Yeah, um, what happened next? Um, Dalek flies off, blows up a tank, kills some soldiers, some seemingly at random because he just flies into the middle of a field, blows them up, and then flies away. Mm-hmm. I'm not, it's, honestly, like, I'm not sure what that scene was intended to, like, he wasn't, he didn't need to be there.
1: He didn't need to be in that field. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were just trying to establish that if they let this thing run free, that there's nothing that can stop it. Like, yeah, you know, even tanks and guns and, you know, it's going to take over the world without uh, the doctor stopping it. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. So they ended up. How did. How did they end up on the TARDIS? With the Dalek. Uh, oh, yeah. So. Um,
0: the. So they. Okay. So this is how they ended up on the TARDIS with the Dalek. Dalek flies to the field, blows up soldiers and tanks, um, goes to the place, the central communication hub to call the other Daleks. They land in that place with the um, microwave thing that they created. They all walk out of the TARDIS. They run around, wrap the... Dalek up with the stuff. It superheats. It blows up. Everybody except for Aaron is standing in a safe position. They jump out of the way. Aaron stands up, has a Dalek attached to him, and the Dalek says, take me to my fleet or
1: I'm going to kill Aaron. So they walk on board the TARDIS together. Okay. Yeah, I had forgotten about the part where they go to that communication center. The Dalek goes to that communication center and is trying to contact the fleet. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so they have that whole plan where the doctor shows up Um. And it kind of gave me – it made me think about when we reviewed some of the early uh, First Doctor episodes. And we kind of laughed at the scene where the companions were, like, jumping on the back of Daleks and spinning them around and stuff. Remember that? (laughs) Yes. And then I was like, wait, they're doing that now. We're in, like, you know, we're in the 13th Doctor, and that's still a strategy to take down the Dalek. Like, (laughs) run around him and – run behind him. Grab him. (laughs)
0: That's – I did, I did appreciate the doctor asking, like, am I that fast? <laughs> and they're like, uh, probably. And they're like, okay, go. And she runs, and the dog starts shooting at her. It
1: seemed um, like a horrible, horrible plan.
0: <laughs> it was. I mean, really, at the end of the day, not your best idea.
1: Once she took down that shield, because when she came out and the shield, I'm like, okay, this is cool. You know, she's she's got a one-up on this guy. And then she takes down the shield, and they all dart in different directions. I'm like, I mean, that's really putting all your friends at risk. You know that Dalek, (laughs) one good shot, and one of them is dead.
0: I mean, the the Dalek just got done taking down a squad of soldiers who were all essentially doing the exact same thing. They were all running, and the Dalek was one-shotting all of them.
1: (laughs) And um, and poor Mitch, you know, like why is he even in that situation? Like, let the (laughs) guys stay on the TARDIS. You know, these civilians, like, let them stay on the TARDIS.
0: I'm telling you he he was like oh we're, we're going out now okay i'll I'll go with you like are there gonna is there gonna be food <laughs> and like he's just standing there and it's like oh shoot what am I doing and he just runs that's he really it doesn't have the most uh situational awareness
1: out yeah. there. and that's the part where they they put the fashioned device that they made out of microwave parts that yep. melts the shell of the Dalek okay yes. yes now I'm remembering um yeah so when it comes to the part where he the dalek takes control of aaron and they're gonna you know he's using that as leverage i I thought that was pretty cool pretty dramatic ended up on the tardis i don't know if we've ever seen a dalek on a tardis before on the tardis
0: yeah that's pretty
1: that's pretty uh pretty big deal that's dangerous you know right if the if the dalek had gained control of it
0: yeah and i like the Dalek even says that. Like I have, I have taken a, I've taken a TARDIS for the Dalek fleets or something like that. Um, yeah, that's they. It would have been a big deal for the Dalek to have access to the TARDIS. Um, it was it wasn't probably the best idea to to bring it on board. But the Doctor, she's kind of doing her own thing now.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we had kind of talked about pretty much the rest of the episode we we had kind of talked about um the drama with with Aaron getting taken over and then almost getting sucked out the door because the doctor kind of miscalculated she said that she's like I'm sorry Aaron I miscalculated <laughs> yeah, so <it's>, yeah uh-huh <laughs> so but they didn't they didn't kill him he's still around uh, Ryan now has his dad back I think way too easy. I'm sorry that guy was gone way too long. But I guess when you're faced with the death of your father right in front of you, yeah. you're ready to forgive him for anything.
0: Yeah, I, and that's, that's the that's the justification in my mind. Yes, it seems like it went pretty fast. And even at the end of the cafe scene between Ryan and Aaron, Ryan still wasn't sold because they go back to the house and <laughs> Ryan's like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I can't do this. Um, so it does seem to be moving pretty fast, but I think it is – the idea of he could have lost him right there. And then he would have lost his mom, his, his nan and his dad. Right. Uh, yeah. And <clears throat> much rather just, just carry on. I don't think everything's perfect, but things are at least not ice cold anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think we'll see, like I said, I think we'll see him again. Um, I don't know. Like overall, what did you, th- how did you feel about this one? Was this a, was this a good one for you? So we kind of talked about it at the beginning. It, it's,
0: it didn't seem like a, a special. <laughs> like when I think of ranking this episode or how I view this episode, I'm not comparing it to the Christmas specials that we've had before or anything like that. Like I'm honestly just looking at it as another episode of the series. And looking at, looking at it as another episode of the series, it wasn't a bad episode. Yeah, the Daleks haven't ever been – My absolute favorite, like save the first time that they show up in an Eccleston episode, like that Dalek. I liked that episode. I liked that Dalek. Um, and maybe a few here and there, but they're not my favorite, um, villain or foil in an episode. But the way that this started with the creepy squid Dalek and the control factor and all of those, all of those things, I thought it was a, a pretty good episode for this series. Um, probably not my favorite special, but it was a good episode in my opinion.
1: Okay. Um, I I struggled with this one. I, I'm not a big fan of Daleks in general. So I was kind of disappointed that they were the focus of this one, especially kind of the lead up and some of the verbiage that they had used um, I was hoping for a kind of just like a really intimidating, you know, even more intimidating than, than Tim Shaw. You know, I feel like Tim Shaw's kind of been the biggest scary thing in the season up to this point. Um, and I wanted something bigger and badder and this Dalek didn't deliver on that. And yeah, I think there was enough, like there was too much convenient things put in there with the microwave just happened to be there and (laughs) um, some of the other things that they kind of invented to make it work which I was just like I had a hard enough time with it and there wasn't enough redeeming elements to bring it back for me there were some redeeming elements but not enough so I think overall this one actually was kind of a negative for me I hate to say especially since it's the final episode for a while and it's special (laughs) I was really hoping to kind of be blown away by this one and i'm just and i'm kind of wishing for some more doctor focus i think they're i like that the that they're um defining these companions and making us care about them but i think they're really doing a little too much with the companions and i i need i need the doctor give me more doctor time i know you're not
0: alone there's there's a lot of people out there that feel the exact same way (laughs) along the lines of the, the doctor's not even the main character on her own show. Um, it seems reminiscent of our first doctor, that the first doctor reviews that we did, where it's like the doctor really wasn't the main focus, mm-hmm. just happened to be there at key moments for good resolution. Um, and I kind of feel like that's what we're getting right now, where it's like not the main focus, but shows up in those moments where the doctor does need to show up. Um, but that's interesting. I'd be, I'm curious. I know that we want to, uh, to maybe take a a little bit of a break and then jump in and kind of take a look back at the series as a whole. Um, Would we include this as part of the series or are we going to leave this one out?
1: No, 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 definitely. I think any, uh, all episodes, uh, including Jody Whittaker will be included in our kind of look back. And I'm cool. Yeah. I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to kind of re maybe rewatch some of them, between now and then and um, kind of look back on the season as a whole and, then I'm interested to know where this will show up in comparison with the entire season. Yeah, yeah, I will, we will definitely cover that. As even though some of our listeners have vocally said they don't like rankings, other ones have said they do like it. So <laughs> we we will probably do a bit of an overall ranking and kind of give our overall thoughts on the season as a whole. Um, but I mean, I'm excited for more for more with this this cast and with Jody. Um, in the companions, I mean, I, there are things I like about all of them, and I think they're a good team. And I am excited for more stories with them. So I'm glad that we've gotten that announcement that they're all coming back. And um, and it is kind of an interesting thing if you think about it, with people talking about the doctor not getting as much focus, because you would think if you're if you're going to have any doctor that you would purposely focus more on it, might it would maybe be the, the the kind of historic first female to play the doctor and maybe don't take screen time away from her. Um, So it is kind of an odd choice that they haven't kind of made her more central. Yeah, I,
0: I totally agree with you. I've, there's been a couple moments where, um, I mean, there's so many things that go into play with this series that are different that it's hard to compare to previous seasons. Um, just with like different writing style and stuff like that. So I'm sure all of that, or different showrunner, different writing. Um, I'm sure all of that comes into play. But it is it is pretty interesting that this this series has seemed more Doctor Light than really any series that we've gotten um, since New Who, since Eccleston. And it's also the very first series that we have a um, a a Doctor of a different gender um, the that, the actor of a different gender. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't want to think too much into it. I don't want to read too much into it, but it is a very, it is something that's come to mind a couple of times as I've seen the discussion
1: take place in regards to why are the episodes so Dr. Light right now? Well, we have plenty more to say. I think when we have a chance to kind of look back on things and we'll probably come back in a couple weeks and, um, And do another episode where we do a full season uh, recap. But until then, um, you can find us on iTunes and you can leave us a review over there. You can follow us on Twitter at Bad Wolf Podcast. We're on Facebook, Bad Wolf Radio. And we have our Facebook group, which has been really active this this series, which has been really cool. And we've met a lot of cool new people that found the show and are regularly talking about the show over there. So... um, and when I say the show, I mean Doctor Who, not us. <laughs> they regularly are talking about Doctor Who um, on the page, and we really appreciate that. So, um, thanks for all of you to all of you that have joined the group. And if anyone out there is interested in joining the group, you can go over to Facebook and search for um, Bad Wolf Radio on Facebook, and you should be able to find our group pretty easy. And um, go ahead and send a request over to join. And you can always shoot us an email, at And until next time.
0: Only a sun-going supernova and a squid-sized vacuum corridor about to pull you out into space.
1: That was a really long one. When she said squid-sized squid um, vacuum, whatever, to pull you into space, I got a little offended <laughs> by that. I was like, she just referred to another sentient species. Very derogatory <laughs> way. <wife. laughs> yeah, that was. I know he's a bad guy, but come on, let's not be so mean. Come on, she only sticks up for robots. Okay, only, only robots. Some of her best friends. Some of her best friends None of robots. her best friends are Daleks. <laughs> oh, or squids. For that Although name. I don't know uh, what's his name. Um, the uh, Dar- Davros, Davros. I always say his name Davros. Like Davros. Is, there was kind of a weird friendship between the Doctor and Davros. It yeah. Seemed like. So maybe you could say she has one Dalek friend. She obviously doesn't have any squids that are her friends
0: either because she just insulted them by referring to a Dalek as a squid. Yeah, I mean, mean, really.
1: They're they're all up in arms.
0: Oh! That was a good one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's where I'm going to end the episode.